And welcome to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the point of our VFA Legends segment. For anyone who, who doesn't listen, every 7.45 on a Monday night, we have a VFA Legend. And I think this one takes the cake. It's probably one of the biggest we've ever had in our uh, We're joined by royalty tonight. Uh, had a f- very well distinguished career at Sydney Swans and Footscray. 300-plus uh, games, a Brownlow medal on the way. And uh, at I think it might have been 34 or 35, went down to Williamstown and uh, played until the age of 41 and won a lot of accolades, including a team of the century for, for Williamstown. 110 games to Willie, two flags, yep. three BNFs. Uh, he was coach as well, and he won the Norm Goss medalist as well. So... Uh, and he joins us on the line now, Barry Round. Barry, thank you very much for joining us. We uh, we can't thank you enough. And, uh, yeah, welcome to VFR Rewind. Uh, thanks very much, fellas. Yeah, you missed the list of trophies too, by I the way. I did too. My apologies. <laughs> I did miss that. <laughs> Probably the most important. I apologise about that. <laughs> G'day, Barry. Lausch is speaking. Now, back in 1985, you were finishing up with the Sydney Swans and um, packing up and coming back to Melbourne. How many VFA clubs actually approached you and why Williamstown? Why did you pick Williamstown? Uh, well, look, I spoke to, um, uh, I think, Steve Parsons had taken over as Brunswick coach. had a chat to him and then um, uh, Port Melbourne were, you know, a few of the Swans boys originated from Port Melbourne, Bernie Evans and those guys. They said, oh, you know, Gary Bryce was down there and... and uh, but uh, Williamstown, Terry Wheeler was the coach, and it's uh, it's funny because when I was a young kid living in Warrigal, I uh, had a grandmother that lived in Cole Street in Williamstown. I used to come down from a school holidays, and uh, I loved Williamstown. The boots was there, and um, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, Charity Hanabry uh, got on the phone and said, "Come and have a chat," and um, I was pretty much sold from the start, and. Uh, you know, there's a few uh, ex Footscray guys around, and as I say, we're Terry Willer's coach, and uh, yeah, I thought that that sounded a, a good fit for me. Also, Williamstown, you used to have a habit of. How often did you jump in the cold bay in winter during, um, during the footy season? You know, I don't know what inspired you to jump into that water down at the beach, but um, how often every every week? Uh, every day for 20 years. and um, oh. <laughs> Would you still do it now? I, I live on the Gold Coast now, and the uh, the coldest that the water gets up here in winter is 19. And um, <laughs> back in uh, back in Willie, in the middle of July, August, it was down to about nine and a half, and it was absolutely freezing. And uh, I still can't work out why I did it, but, um, yeah, you know, it's all part of the regime. And, uh, oh, yeah, I was sort of prided myself on being pretty fit, so I'd get up and have a... A run in the morning, and actually, it started off with uh, one year on holidays on the Gold Coast with Bernie Quinlan and his family. And um, we used to get up and go for a run every morning and have a swim. And I said, If we ever live near the beach, I'm going to do this every day for the rest of my life. And um, <laughs> anyway, as it turned out, I thought, Well, I better follow through. So we moved down to Williamstown, it was about September, October, and uh. I thought, oh, you know, the water won't be too bad. It was, it was bloody cold then, but little did I know how cold it was going to get in six months' time. <laughs> uh, you moved to moved to the Gulls in 1986, and yeah, premiership in the first year. Uh, how was, I guess, the transition from playing VFL football for so long? Did you notice much of a difference in the standard? Oh, uh, yeah, obviously the professionalism and that of the players, and um, uh, the VFL was much more serious, but. Uh, uh, Terry Wheeler had a, a, the, the place going, you know, in a professional manner at, at Willie, and um, the stand wasn't too bad, and I was I was still very fit, and 
I, I think I was 36 when I started uh, my first year at Willie, and um, so I, uh, you know, there's never any trouble about uh, keeping up with the the game as far as finishing off the games and all that. I felt very fit, and that's probably why I kept playing. But um, yeah, it was, it was a good good comp and made some great friends, and uh, it's, uh, it's you know, it's probably in my whole career, it's probably the happiest years of my my life was at uh, playing for the the Seagulls. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the great times you had at Williamstown and um, probably one of the most mentioned, which I apologise for, I missed the Liston medal. Uh, how, how, how was the Liston trophy back then? Was it, I know, um, I'm not not sure if it was televised or whatever, but was it, a, I'm guessing it might have been at Southern Cross or something like that, but um, how did all that go about winning the Liston? Well, that's where there was a big difference between the VFL and the VFA. I think it was held at, uh, Zuzu's nightclub in, in the city and uh, me and my mate uh, Spud Dullard had been through a long lunch and then someone uh, rang and said oh you better get up to the, the, the joint there and um, yeah walked in and uh, they said oh you've won the list and I said oh jeez <laughs> a bit of a surprise but it was very low key and uh, yeah it was uh, nothing like the uh, the Brownlow presentation that's for sure <laughs> I wanted to also talk a little bit about a very tragic story, um, the great Ron James. Uh, I think you might have crossed paths with him for maybe one year, but it must have been um, so special to have spent some time with him because he was only, you were you were in your mid-30s and he was only a young fellow. He might have only 15, been 16, yeah, yeah. 14 or 15 yeah. when you were there. Um, when you tell us about little young Ronnie, because everyone seems to say he was going to be an absolute star at AFL level. Yeah, now I'm on the same opinion. He was... Uh, he was just a great kid and, you know, great manners and, uh, you know, he was, his skill level was exceptional. And uh, I think Wills played him in the 85 grand final the year before we got there and he was a 14-year-old or something. And um, he actually played in the 86. But, uh, yeah, and, um, you know, his, his, his dad, Ian, was a great fella and uh, you could see the kid was brought up the right way and... Um, he uh, he would have been anything. He could have been, you know, a real real good player, and I had no doubt that he could go on and play in the VFL. But, uh, unfortunately, tragedy struck, as you said. He got died in a water skiing accident, and uh, that, that was the end of a uh, you know it could have been a, a fairy tale story. Yeah, he played with a couple of colourful characters at the Swans, and he also played with a couple of colourful characters at the Seagulls. He had the likes of Warwick Capper at the Swans, and then Jack Aziz at um, Williamstown, Ian Rickman, Vinnie Tsinovich. Who is the most colourful out of those lot? <laughs> oh, if you ask Warwick, you'd say he was for my far, but um, <laughs> there he uh... He was never shy, Warwick, but um, yeah, he was a character. Look, he served his purpose, and uh, we had a very difficult time getting a profile in Sydney when we went up there. It's a rugby league city, as we all know, and uh, so Warwick uh, used to uh, create a few headlines and um, was actually good for the club, but uh, he used to love me. I was the big number 25, Guernsey, on with the big back and the big backside, and uh, I was in the mark of the year about 15 times. I never took one, but it was always him on my shoulders. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, yeah, so he was, he was good. And, um, yeah, down at Willie, we had a few characters. Jack was a, a funny guy, and uh, he could play footy too, and had big Jack. And, um, but uh, Wayne Michelli and uh, Garzi and Tony Pony Pastoria, Charles Rickman's a character too. And, you know, they're just great, great guys and great, uh, great times. And I come from a couple of, 
let's be honest, a couple of mediocre uh, clubs in the Bulldogs. We only made the finals once, and I was here in seven seven years. And uh, it was an elimination final. We got knocked out, and then uh, in uh, my ten years with the Swans, we only made it to an elimination final again. So uh, we, uh, we, you know, we're down the bottom rung of the ladder quite often, and. To go to Williamstown and actually we'd be you know, used to winning every week and you come in after the game and there's one of our supporters to be handing out the cans of VB and I said, well, this is, you know, pretty comfortable here. I'm loving this. And, um, <laughs> it was funny when we won the flag in 86, I was, I was 36 years old and uh, a lot of the, you know, Swan supporters come and watch the game and we won the flag and they said, oh, what a great way to bow out a footy. And I said, bow out, I'm just starting to bloody enjoy this. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I fronted up again, and I, you know I would have kept playing, but uh, I, when, even when I finished, uh, I was playing mostly four quarters on the ball all the time, and uh, I thought I might have a couple of years sneaking out of the forward pocket, especially when you're captain coach, you get your first pick, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, the knee got sore, and uh, that was a bit of a clean out, and it didn't come good. So that was uh, that was the end of it. 1990, I was actually a 15 year old kid at this grand final. What did you say to the boys at three-quarter time, first of all, to get them really fired up? And what were your thoughts when you were standing in that goal square and Billy Swan was about 48, 50 metres out lining up for goal? Did you believe that he could get the distance or were you thinking, this is going to drop short and I'm going to have to um, really work hard to grab this footy and kick a goal? Yeah, well, you're right with the second one there, um Billy had never kicked that far in his life, and uh, every childhood dreamed to uh, take the mark and kick a, the winning goal in a grand final. Anyway, I went down the goal square, and the bloody thing just kept going over my head, and uh, it was a bit of a happy, sad moment, but no, it was actually a very happy, happy moment, and uh, there was no way now we're going to get beaten after that, after being six and a half, seven goals down, and uh, yeah. at three-quarter time, I've got no idea what I said. I ended up to Spud Dullard. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, audience. But, um, yeah, but it was a great, great moment, and to uh, come back from there and being so far down, as I said, and Billy to kick the, the winning goal, it was, uh, it was just magic, and... Um, it's a real highlight of uh, my whole career. I still deem it the best grand final I've been been to. That includes AFL grand finals. And the, to, the two grand finals that I rate aren't AFL grand finals. It's the Williamstown Springy and then the 2012 Spotswood v Altona Western Region grand final. Well, Altona won by a point. But, yeah, that was a fantastic game. And uh, it took me about 10 years to actually find somebody who was selling the DVD. And I've watched it a fair few times, especially that last quarter. And that's it's just brilliant. You wouldn't. You, the, that script was just written beautifully for the Williamstown Football Club that afternoon. Yeah, well, it's on um, uh, one of the, the, the sites at uh, YouTube, not Facebook or that, but uh, um, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last quarter of Williamstown Stringvale game, and it pops up there all the time. And people are going, "Oh, I saw the, the last quarter of the grand final," and this is you know it's still these days today, and uh, it's amazing how. But uh, yeah, it was highly rated, and yeah. it was a great. Uh, a great grand final, and uh, obviously Springvale were very disappointed to, uh, to to give up the lead and lose. But we uh, just as far as the overall spectacle, it would have been a, a fantastic game. Uh, as we mentioned, premiers in 1990, you also got the uh, extra medal with Norm Goss medal, best on ground in your grand final. Uh, that must have been pretty special, um, Barry. After I guess toiling away at the Footscray in Sydney to uh, to get best on ground in grand final, it's probably the ultimate honour you can get. Yeah, it was pretty good. I think it was only eligible to those uh, 40 or over that day. But, um, <laughs> so, uh, 
I think I'm, that might have been a bit of a sympathy award because we had so many good players and uh, and as did Springvale. But um, yeah, look, it was an honour and uh, yeah, something I cherish. And um, but uh, yeah, you know, well, they say it's uh, a team sport, and that was the main thing getting the the, the, the your premiership. But uh, to have that little icing on the cake was, you know, you don't realise so much at the time, but. Uh, Looking back now, you you know you sort of appreciate the, the things, and uh, people sort of mention it, and um, it's yeah, it's good. And also, uh, I guess I guess once your your days were over, you you kept on coaching for a little while. Um, how did you find that? Was it, was it pretty frustrating coaching and not being able to play? I guess. Um, or, or did you really enjoy it? Uh, it nearly drove me bloody mad. I can tell you. <laughs> um, I think my hair went from brown to grey in about one season, and. Uh, Fitting, it was like, um, I don't know, it was uh, when you're playing, you feel like you've got an influence on the game and had some good good mates and good people sitting on the bench helping me out when I was playing, coach. But as soon as I stopped playing and, uh, oh, and I couldn't, you know, there's a worse someone got the, weren't happy because they they should have been in the side. And it was, it was, at that time, it was like babysitting naughty kids. And <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought, oh, I've had enough of this. But, um, yeah, but I still cherish Willie, and uh, it's sad to see what's happening at the moment. They're running one one game, and they're on the bottom of the ladder almost. So, uh, yeah, but we had the, the the real good times. I wouldn't worry too much about Willie right now, but Barry, because it's it's probably their biggest clean out of players they've had in the last uh, probably. 15, 20 years, and they'll they'll probably obviously they'll be down there this year, but I think they'll bounce back pretty strong um, next next year. What do you? Um, how often do you go watch Willie these days that you're based at the Gold Coast? But also, what? How do you see the game these days? The competition compared to when you played um, in the VFA. Oh, it's much more you know uh, upmarket, and the skills are better. Um... I don't think they're still full time allowed. That's not, not a fair comp because the Willie Boys are a standalone club and uh, they're playing against you know teams that have got half full time AFL listed players. So it's a bit of an unfair fight and that. But um, the, the, the skill level is is terrific. And uh, uh, I went and watched Williamstown when they played Southport up here. And Southport are a very good side. And uh, the poor boys we got a bit of a belt in that day, and it was a pretty warm day. And uh, it's a big ground, and I looked at it on the three-quarter time, and they're red in the face, and their tongues are hanging out, and I thought, geez, we've got another quarter to go, boys, but we're already about eight goals down. So, uh, but, uh, no, I don't get to see them all that much, and um, which is a shame. But, actually, having said that, the day I did go out and watch them at Southport, um, I didn't know one player, to be honest, and I know Justin Plappert coaching, but I you know, know of him, but I've never really met Justin. And uh, so it was, you know, it was a bit of a... The colours were still the same, but I didn't know anybody that was wearing them. Yeah, and that the, a lot of Melbourne people after COVID would be very similar to you. Like, I looked at that Williamstown list, and there's only a few names that I recognise that played in 2019. So that gives you an idea um, how big a change both Port Melbourne and Williamstown have had since COVID struck. So that's why I say to the supporters, don't worry. It's one bad year. Um, there's a lot of young talent in that Williamstown side and even Port Melbourne side, and they'll be bounce back so I reckon next year you, you don't book your holidays um, for oh, well book your holidays for September in Melbourne mate <laughs> yeah well yeah let's hope so but um, yeah look it's, I'm pretty dirty on the, the comp the way it's been treated all the history of the VFA and your fuel clearies and all these uh, 
you know, champions of the past, and um, it's all that history and that of the game. Is the VFA has just virtually been wiped out, and, and it's called the VFL, and half the sides are up the east coast of Australia, so it's not really the Victorian Football League, but um, it's really a competition for uh, AFL players that don't get picked in the seniors, which you know it's, it's, it just gets up my skirt a bit, but. Uh, Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I did, I did like the old days of the VFA and VFL, and um, yeah, it's certainly not that anymore. Go right back to the start. and In 1969, I'm sure you know this, but for the listeners may not know, in 1969 you played at Footscray, and on that list were... F- for four people who I think were probably in the top three greatest players at, at their clubs, and on that list was Fred Cook, who's obviously... Great, yeah, probably yeah. top top two greatest ever Port Melbourne player. Bernie Quinley yeah. is probably arguably one of Fitzroy's greatest players. Teddy yeah. Whitten, obviously, no, he's obviously number one at Footscray. And then yourself, um, Williamstown, absolute legend, and 300 plus games um, at AFL level. Uh, looking back now, it must have been pretty amazing. You had them, all, all four yeah. of you are on the same list at the same and time. Dempsey would have been there yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, big Gary Dempsey, another Brownlow medalist, was there. And. Um, yeah, we had some uh, some great. David Thorpe was a good player. I think he went and coached Yarraville there for a while. But um, yeah, we looking back, we probably didn't win as many games as what we should have. And uh, as, uh, it was the land of the giants there for a while. We had Robbie McGee and Gary Baker and uh, Maxie Parker, Ian Salmon, Quinlan Templeton. Uh, they're all over six foot four, six foot five. And um, yeah, we had some massive tools, so it was uh, pretty hard. To break in and uh, get a game, but um, yeah, it was, uh, oh, it, was, it was certainly a thrill. My first game was Teddy 300, and uh, so there was uh, lots of fans there before the game, and um, yeah, it was uh, just to have, listen to what the great man said, and if he said something, you just didn't question it, you just did it. So uh, it was a bit of it was really uh, you know, a fantastic way to start a career. I had no idea I was going to go on for as long as I did, but. Uh, it's a great, uh, great day to start with, and we had to win the first first game. Yeah, amazing that Teddy Whitten's three hundred. Teddy Whitten coached Williamstown as well, so you both got something in common there as well. Yeah, well, he used to scold about that. He said I took him from first division to second division in one year. And, uh, <laughs> I think he might have been a better player than he was a coach. But <laughs> anyway, he's, he was an absolute legend, and uh, oh, we all love Teddy, and uh, so sad that he's not still with us. Oh, absolute legend, Teddy Whitten. Uh, yeah, it was, I just thought I'd mention that stat about how good Footscray were in the, the late the late 60s with some of them players. Barry, we, we can't thank you enough for joining us. We had, we had some good laughs, and um, you know, thank you very much for joining us tonight to go back down memory lane and talk about the old VFA days. Hopefully, uh, um, if you're down in Melbourne uh, around grand final week, you might be able to get to listen. And, um, I know the, all the listens get an invite and the Brownlows get an invite, so you must love all these free dinners that you get with all, with all the accolades from the footy career, but... Uh, yeah, th- yeah. Th- thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, fellas. I'm actually going to Melbourne tomorrow uh, afternoon for the AFL Hall of Fame tomorrow night, which is always a fantastic turn. And um, Bring a jumper and a jacket. Yeah, I put the monkey suit on. And, uh, yeah, the, the, of course, the girls are going to buy a new dress every year. I wear the same suit I've had for 35 years. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the most get it easy. But, uh, no, nah, it's always good to catch up. And whether it's a uh, list and trophy presentation night or... Or whatever, so, you know. I mean, you meet some fantastic people in footy along the way, and it's good to be able to uh, make contact with them every now and again. So, we're uh, really looking forward to it. So, you're telling me you're still wearing the same suit you bought from Burks in Ferguson Street, Williamstown, 35 years ago? <laughs> yeah, no. It was, uh, no, what was their names? The, the family business there. Um, 
I think it was Burks, uh, wasn't it? <laughs> no, 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 I think it was Burks. Um, no, I don't know. I was Sperling, Sperling. So big, they were big Footscray people, and uh, I used to sponsor the Bulldogs, so everybody that played for the Doggies there did get a Spurlings and get the suit there. And, uh, <laughs> Right, yeah, I, uh, oh, jeez, I don't want to get back that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Barry, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thanks, yeah, good, luck, good luck with the Hall of Fame. Hopefully it's uh, a good night tomorrow night. Thanks, uh, Mark. Yeah, you're, thank- doing the fellas. you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Barry, Barry Round, the absolute legend. and that, yeah. that was absolutely fantastic. What a, what a character, what a yeah. man. What nah, a, it's, a great. it's great. And that's what the competition's missing these days, characters like Barry Round, you know, and, um, you know, to spend twenty minutes talking to him, um, it's great about the old days, the old VFA, and uh, his early days of Footscray in South Melbourne and Sydney. And um, I think I think most people who um, probably remember Barry Brown remember him as a three hundred game player, but they forget that he played until he's forty one at VFA yeah. level. So <laughs> it's a phenomenal effort. Yeah, no, I remember watching him as a kid um, on TV on Sunday afternoons when he was playing for the Swans, and then when he came down and played at Williamstown, I actually got to see him play live as an 11, 12, 13-year-old kid, and he, he played all the way through till I finished high school. So Amazing effort. <laughs> uh, we're at the end of the show now. We're going to be a little bit over, but, I mean, you don't get Barry around on every no. every uh, week, so we, we had to make the most of that, and we'll appreciate it if Barry gave up a bit of his time to join us. Uh, yep. That's the end of the show. We'll be back again next week. Uh, I think we've got uh, Damien Drum is our VFA legend next week, so uh, yep. looking forward to chatting to Drummy. But uh, we have, thanks again for joining us tonight, Lashie. Yeah, thanks for having us, Brad, and um, hopefully we have another exciting weekend of VFL and VFLW footy to report next Monday night. You've been listening to VFL Rebound here on 94.1 FM at 3.